Money FM 89.3, best of drive time. Regional Roundup. Money FM 89.3, good afternoon. It is drive time. Ellie Danka, Timothy Go, and Willing King with you. Uh, time to take a look at some of the news around the region, including the recently concluded Malaysian state election. So, who are the biggest winners? Who are the losers in this election? And did the strong opposition performance show a rejection of Anwar's unity government? Well, let's find out from Adib Kalkapli, director of Power Group Asia, joining us on the phone right now. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for taking the time, sir. Let's talk a little bit about the Pakatan Harapan, the Perikatan Nasional, retaining three states each. Give us your take uh, generally on the biggest winners and losers. Well, I think it's obvious the biggest uh, winner over the weekend was uh, the Islamic Party, PAS, which is a member of the uh, opposition coalition uh, Perikatan Nasional. The Islamic Party won very convincingly. You know, in the in the three states controlled by Brigata National, uh, they already had their chief ministers won in. They also made uh, inroads in in the west coast of Peninsular Malaysia, winning Malay majority seats, uh, Malay dominated seats in the states of Selangor as well as in the the states of uh, also in the state of Penang. So yeah, so I guess the uh, the Islamic Party and the coalition Brigata National, I guess, are the biggest winners. Losers, of course, I think the. Uh, although they retained the state government, the state government of Selangor, I think Pakatan Harapan, I think won, I guess, with a bloody nose, if you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lost the supermajority, two-thirds of the legislative seats. They lost for the first time in three terms. So it is, it's a major uh, setback. Uh, they also lost more Malay majority seats in Penang. So, yeah, so the, the significant, the consequence of this is, I guess, you can interpret it as... Uh, kind of a setback to the unity government mm. at the federal level because I think the, the the parties in the unity government kind of failed to reverse the trend they saw in November when the coalition, when the Prikata National Coalition and the Islamic Party have been making inroads, in, especially in Malay majority areas. So what you're saying, if this was a referendum on the Anwar government, uh, he's not getting a lot of support towards whatever direction he's taking the country to? Well, yeah, I mean, however we, we want to look at it, it is still about the Prime Minister and also the opposition coalition because the elections are contested by the same parties. But whether it's um, but it's not the end of the world for Anwar Ibrahim and his coalition. I mean, they're still about, you know, eight, nine months in the federal government, still new, and it, it, it is a coalition of parties that have been fighting for decades. Mm. So it's not so easy for them, for the for the for the parties in the coalition government, especially for AMNO, to convince mm-hmm. their supporters to vote for Pakatan Harapan, for right. especially for GP. Yeah. So could this be taken as a sign then by the administration to change course somewhat uh, if they are not uh, getting the support that they needed from the state elections? Well. Uh, Changing course may sound easy, but I don't think it's the best uh, way for the unity government to win more support. Simply because I think the, the there's no way the parties in the unity government can out Islamic pass, for example. Mm. And the coalition, Prikata National, I think as Rich speaks, they've won in a lot of Malay seats, but they've, they've done very badly in multiracial seats. You know, in, So the next step, the natural next steps for the opposition Brigata National is actually to perhaps move to the centre and win the support of non-Malay community. Mm. So I don't think it would be a good move for the unity government uh, to change course and to dance to the tune of the Islamic party.
Right. So if not nothing to tune in, looking back on all of this, what would then be the silver lining for this coalition government? Well, one good thing is, I think the, over the last six months, there have been always been talks that because the unity government, the parties in the unity government would be facing state elections, it wouldn't be wise for them to pursue aggressively their reform agenda or any major changes you know, that would upset certain community or certain segment of the society. But now that the elections, the state elections are behind them, they could potentially, you know, aggressively pursue the reform agenda or make significant changes that would result in, you know, positive outlook for, for the country and, and for, the, for the people generally. Uh, Adib, let's talk about the Malaysia United Democrat Alliance, Muda's huge setback. What went wrong for the party? Well, to be fair to Muda, it's not easy for a new political party to compete with established political parties. Mm-hmm. I mean, Malaysia, just like most, I think, uh, parliamentary democracies, they're, they're, you always have uh, two dominant parties, two dominant coalitions, right? Yeah. So it's not easy for the third party to come in and make, uh, you know, make big, uh, big break at the, at the first election. So at the moment, we have two dominant coalitions, the Pakatan Harapan plus BN coalition with, and on the other side, there's Perikatan National made out of the Islamic party and the, another Malay party. So there's, it's, there's really no space for a third party, especially when Muda is actually competing directly with uh, with Pakatan Harapan. So it's, it's not easy in, the, in our system for a third party to thrive. Yeah, I like what you said there. And, and you know, looking back on how uh, Muda's president, Syed Sadiq Syed Abdul Rahman, saying he wants to take full responsibility for the party's dismal performance, you know, but <laughs> with what you've just explained, doesn't sound very fair to put it all on him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's. Uh, I think if we look at it from the perspective that Muda is a small party, a minor party, it's not really his fault. It's just the way the system is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, it's... It's not easy to accommodate, accommodate a smaller party. And with a first-past-the-post system, you know, people tend to vote for more established parties to make sure that the votes are not wasted. Mm. Um, final question, uh, Adip. Is it looking like this party is going to continue its political journey? The, the, how do you see this party evolving uh, for the future? Well, there's definitely, I mean, looking at the number of votes, although they lost the deposit, right, but they are... They do collect like some you know, thousands of votes in, in, in the wards they contested in some urban areas. So there, there's still okay. a very niche market for them. There's still a very niche market for them. Mm-hmm. But of course, it's subject to how you know, they can get more. At the end of the day, politics, party politics is about, in Malaysia especially, is about having a mass movement, you know, mass right. support. So if they can you know, build their grassroots, get mass support at the, at the district level, yes, then there, there's some future for the party. Yeah. But with the current structure now, it's a bit uh, difficult. All right. Uh, we've been speaking with uh, Adip Zalkapli, who is Director of Bauer Group Asia. Adip, appreciate your time today. Take care and have a great Wednesday evening. Thanks for having me. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.